What's up, everybody? This is Janice and Janae coming to you live from the gaming room. Say something. Go ahead. You want to say that? What's up, everybody? We're back. Wow. With, uh, I guess, my first episode of this season, man. We're on week, heading into week says seven of the NFL regular season, man. You just heard my wife and my loving wife and my beautiful daughter on this episode of Josh's Proximity, man. It feels like it's been forever. I know it's been at least a year since I've been on uh an episode on YouTube. So please forgive me on that. I still upload my podcast on my uh TikTok or Apple Podcasts, but in all, all in all, a lot has changed, man. I have, obviously, I've been having my wife, but now I have a newborn baby girl. Her name is Jan- Janae Danielle Edwards, uh, born May 18th this year, obviously, man. And, yeah, that's kind of just a little bit of an update. So, without further ado, as you can hear her and Gracie Corner in the background, let's jump right into it, man. So, week seven of the NFL regular season. There are a lot of things that I want to talk about. Now, if you have been watching my TikTok, Josh's Proximity, I had a couple guys that I really expected a lot out of heading into this fantasy season. Najee Harris has been the biggest fantasy loser, I think, in recent memories. This dude, it's not that he can't play. Najee Harris is a very good football player. The offensive scheme it's terrible, all right? They need to fire the offensive coordinator. You hear the, the, the fans chanting week in and week out, fire the OC, as you're going to see in some of these clips, man. Najee Harris just hasn't been the same. I don't know what it is. He can catch out of the backfield, but it seems like when Jalen Warren is in for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he adds another dimension that Najee Harris just doesn't add. I don't know if he's I don't know if it's because he's faster or what the case may be, but Najee Harris does not look the same in this offense. Another loser in fantasy football is Debo Samuel. Now, Debo Samuel can be a one-of-one type of guy. He he has the caliber to be a bigger. Tyreek Hill, not not so much a faster Tyreek Hill because nobody's faster, but a bigger Tyreek Hill because of what he can do within a, a, a game frame. He can run the football. He can catch out of the backfield. He can do special teams as well, but he just cannot stay healthy. Debo Samuel and Najee Harris right now are my biggest fantasy losers. Now, going to the fantasy winners, all these dudes are over 30 years old. I got three of them. Number one. Adam Thielen, he is a 33-year-old white man. I'm sorry, I'm just going to call it for what it is. 33-year-old white man playing the receiver position. I'm not talking about tight end. I'm not talking about at the quarterback position. Hell, I'm not even talking about at the running back position. We're talking about a 33-year-old white man at the, the, the receiver position getting open, making clutch plays, being the number one target on a very bad football team, my Carolina Panthers averaging 13 targets a game, catching the ball over 11 times last since week two. Only one person has outscored him in fantasy, and that's Raheem Moster, who is also my fantasy winner, man. He's over 30 years old. 
Who would have thought that Raheem Mostert was going to be what he is right now? He was taken in, in the average draft around 40 to 40, 47 range. I mean, he's, he's going berserk as well. And then last but not least, a guy who is from my area, the 336, Greensboro, North Carolina, Keenan Allen. These three guys have been phenomenal when it comes to fantasy football, not just only on fantasy football, but also helping their team, at least giving their team the ability to win football games. I know the Panthers are still still winless, but I'm going to get to that in my next segment. All right, since we're talking about the Carolina Panthers, let's go ahead and let's really pull back the layers. This team is a young team. Let's just call it for what it is. The Carolina Panthers are a young team. Their secondary is god-awful. C.J. Henderson should not be in the National Football League as we're currently speaking. He was a top-ten pick. He got selected to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then they ended up trading him to us for, I think it was either a second or a third-round pick, and he has been abysmal on the back end. Dante Jackson, he's old. He can't stay healthy. We already know what's going on in that end. Jeremy Chan, for some reason, is not getting enough burns. I know I just kind of kicked my camera a little bit. Jeremy Chan is a guy that I really expected him to take the next step into that safety caliber. I was expecting him to be around the, the Derwin James echelon, the uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe not even to that level, maybe a level right below it in the Buda Baker area. Um, hell, even Jamal Adams, and he hasn't been that for whatever reason. I don't know why the Panthers are not playing him currently. And we are just terrible on the secondary. Every time that I'm turning around, C.J. Henderson is getting bombed. Tyreek Hill, bomb. Mike Evans, bomb. Chris Olave, bagged. Like, dude, it's, this is a, 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 a reoccurrence thing when it – Theme when it comes to the Panthers and the defensive side. Now, the offensive side, you guys just heard my rant about the fantasy winner and how Adam Thielen is a 33-year-old white man and he's still out here cooking up these dudes. But why is he the only dude that's getting open? DJ Chart, hello, man. We, we signed you to be the deep threat and you can't take the top off of a damn catch-up, man. I don't understand what is going. What is happening to the offensive side when it comes to the Carolina Panthers? Miles Sanders, this is why I hate him when it comes to fantasy football. Last year was just an aberration, ladies and gentlemen. Last year with the Philadelphia Eagles, he was only good because of that offensive line. So when the Carolina Panthers went out there and signed him, I already knew what he was going to be. He fumbles. He stays injured. And... This is who Miles Sanders is. We have a large enough sample size, ladies and gentlemen, to understand what Miles Sanders is and what he's really not. So, offensively, Bryce Young is him. Six touchdowns, four interceptions, and he is really starting to find his groove now. He throws with a lot of anticipation. He throws in windows that you might not even believe is open. You, you'll see here in a couple clips where he threw to Alan Thielen. Uh, it was a, a post route, and Xavier and Howard had the ability to intercept the ball, and I mean, ladies and gentlemen, it was a dot. This dude, Bryce Young, has the ability. The only 
minor the the only minus in his game is I think he holds on to the ball just a little bit too long. Now I understand that you want to make plays happen and you still want to scramble, but you gotta understand, man, there's a time and place for for everything. You have the legs, man. Go out there and use them to your advantage. Son, God made you mobile for a reason. You're not one of those guys that just stand, you're short and you just stand in the pocket. No, go use your legs. Go get busy and let's make something happen. So the one thing that I would like to see the offensive offense to do now that we have promoted um, a new offensive coordinator, I would love to see us throw the ball down the field. Really, we, we need receivers. Like, let's just call it for what it is. We need some guys that can c- create some separation. Hopefully, Chuba Hubbard, what he displayed against the Miami Dolphins, will continue to happen in the run game. That's my ex- expectations moving forward. Um, But let's go to what I really want to talk about. My NFL top 10 heading into week 7, baby. All right, as you guys can hear in the background, Gracie's Corner is playing. I do not own any rights to Gracie Corner, so let me just go ahead and throw that out there. So my top 10 heading into week 7, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick it off. At number 10 is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're 4-2. and two. Uh, They just they went out there and, and had a very nice display overseas, but let's just hope it's not just a one-time thing. You know, they always beat the Colts in Jacksonville. I want to see a little more out of the offense. Travis Etienne is starting to come into his own. I think he's finally making a push into the top 10 or top seven running backs in the National Football League. Trevor Lawrence did just get injured. I would like to see where the team kind of flows or where they go moving forward. Number 10 is Jacksonville Jaguars. At the number nine spot is the Dallas Cowboys. Now, yes, they are... Four and two, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. They're four and two currently. And the biggest thing that is holding them back is the offense. The defense is phenomenal. Yes, if you see Dak Prescott, the way that he played against the Los Angeles Chargers, this team is going to be very hard to beat. Um, But at the end of the day, the offense needs to match the defense. That's why I have them so low. Number nine, the Dallas Cowboys. At the number eight position, the Cleveland Browns. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when Deshaun Watson is healthy, this is a top five team in the National Football League. You heard it here first. Ladies and gentlemen, let me repeat myself. When Deshaun Watson is healthy, this is a top five team in the National Football League. Yes, they're missing Nick Chubb. They're missing their quarterback, and they're missing another all-world guard um, for the Cleveland Browns, but at the end of the day, the defense is phenomenal. Miles Garrett, you heard it from Trent Williams. Uh, Trent Williams called him a Hall of Famer. This team is legit, ladies and gentlemen. At the number eight spot, the Cleveland Browns. Number seven, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, one week, they can play lights out. Put up 40 on the Miami Dolphins, beat them by 20. The next week, they can barely put up 14 against the New York Giants. And they would have lost that game hadn't uh, a Tyrod Taylor caught that run play to end the damn first half, bro. So right now the Buffalo Bills kind of hit or miss, got them at the number seven spot. Number six is the Baltimore Ravens. It's, it's the same thing, man. Outside of Zay Jones, 
who's going to step up on the outside? Mark Andrews. You might get a little something from here and there, but he's kind of dealing with some little tic-tac knacking injuries. Lamar Jackson, we know what they're going to do. Defensively, they, they play ball defensively. Number six, <clears throat> the Baltimore Ravens. Number five, yes, it is the 5-1 and one Eagles. The Eagles, Jalen Hurts has been terrible. Seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. He threw three interceptions against the Jets, and no, it wasn't all his fault. I think it was two or three. No, it wasn't all his fault, but Jalen Hurts has not been the same type of caliber that he was last season. Ladies, he, ladies and gentlemen, he might have been exposed. He might have been exposed at the number six, number five spot, Philadelphia Eagles. Number four, Kansas City Chiefs. Another five and one team. We know what Patrick Mahomes is. It just feels like their wins are are, are tough to come by. We're going to see them against the the Chargers uh, uh, this Sunday afternoon, four twenty five p.m. But it just seems like the, the, the points are very, very hard to come by. Uh, number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number three, the Detroit Lions. This team can do it all. Now, David Montgomery just got hurt, who was their bell cow. But Jamari Gibbs is supposed to come back into the fold. The defense is playing phenomenal. They have a very tall task this week. We're really going to see what the, the Detroit Lions are really about. Over the last four weeks, they've won by two touchdowns. At number three, the Detroit Lions. Number two, the Miami Dolphins. The only reason why I don't have them at the number one spot is because I believe this other team is just a little more complete. The Miami Dolphins, down 14-0. They scored 28 straight against the Carolina Panthers. End up blowing them out. We know what they are offensively. Tua looks like that guy. Tyreek Hill looks like he's about to eclipse 2,000 yards. Number two, Miami Dolphins. Number one spot is the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, I do understand McCaffrey's hurt. Yes, I do understand that Debo Samuel was hurt. And even at that, they had a chance to beat the, the Cleveland Browns in at Cleveland. The San Francisco 49ers play sound football all around at the number one spot. Is the San Francisco 49ers. So recap, 10 Jags, 9 Cowboys, 8 Browns, 7 Bills, 6 the Ravens, 5 the Eagles, 4 Kansas City, 3 the Lions, 2 of the Dolphins, number 1, the San Francisco 49ers. Man, it feels good to just, you know, do another episode. So to close this episode off, you guys know, know how I normally do it. We're going with the projections. So heading into week 7, the Thursday night game. Jags versus the Saints in New Orleans. Ooh. What you feeling, baby? Jags or Saints? Okay, she didn't give me an answer. I'm going to go with the Saints. Falcons versus Buccaneers. We're going to go with the Bucks. Raiders versus Bears. We're going to go with the Raiders. Browns versus Colts. Colt. I mean, Browns. Ooh, excuse me. Browns in that matchup. Commanders versus the Giants. Going the Giants. Lions versus the Ravens. I kind of teeter-totter on this. I'm going with the Ravens. Bills versus Patriots. I'm going with the Bills, of course. Cardinals versus Seahawks. I like the Seahawks in this matchup. Steelers versus Rams. Steelers don't score enough going with the Rams. Chargers versus the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chargers, man. I may be a little biased because I have two guys on there on my fantasy team. Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen. Going with the Chargers. Packers versus Broncos. I like the Packers in this matchup. Dolphins versus the Eagles. I like the Dolphins. 
Eagles, you got to show me that you that you are that team. And then the Monday night football game, 49ers versus Vikings, 49ers in a blowout. And once again, this concludes, wow, uh, the first episode. So, hey, man, I'm going to continue to do this. Week 7, Joshua's proximity, we out.